0: Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in our modern world. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship. This installment, Reflections on the Spiritual Power of Nonviolence, Part 2 of 3, features excerpts from a 2013 interview on Indianapolis radio station WICR for the program Journeys Fire with host Richard Brendan, discussing with Reverend George Wolfe his book, The Spiritual Power of Nonviolence. In this segment, we pick up with George Wolfe responding to the suggestion that following the lead of Mohandas Gandhi and Martin Luther King, more people are seeing nonviolence as a spiritual path.
1: Well, when you have the experience of being uh, being uh, attacked politically or otherwise, uh, ridiculed and subjected to, uh, to um, slander and so mm-hmm. forth, uh, and stand up against that... Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and through, through patience, through understanding, and by uh, exposing the injustice so that you can uh, muster a groundswell of support, you, going through that process makes you realize uh, that nonviolence is a spiritual path. And this is what I talk about in, uh, um, I'm not sure if it's the second or third chapter, but I talk about the, the, the Promethean fire, mm-hmm. that the fire of Prometheus, which is the Greek myth that Prometheus brought the fire to earth. Again, it's not literal fire. It's the fire that uh, makes injustice visible. It's fire that exposes injustice, and uh, when you when you experience that that process of how uh, injustice can be exposed, and then you gain this uh, support of people or institutions or whatever to uh, rally against that, and it all happens in. A, in a nonviolent way, you realize that nonviolence is a spiritual path. It makes you stronger, it tempers you, yes. it, it it creates a character, and it puts you in touch with a, 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 a an inner strength, which in, in Taoist philosophy is called chi. Chi mm-hmm. is this inner strength which is really the the, the, the most powerful force, much more power, powerful than, than physical force. Mm-hmm. what Gandhi called soul force, or, or satyagraha, and, and uh, Martin Luther King used that expression soul forth in his "I have a dream speech in the earlier part of it that often is not not recited, but nevertheless um, this, this, this you, you discover the this strength this power within which is really far superior to uh, to anything a weapon can can yield yes,
2: we talked about nonviolence as a spiritual path. You used a beautiful phrase, spiritual fire, um, something important that I think that people need to really appreciate and go through to really understand it more. And there's a quote in there I wanted to share with you and have you respond to. You said, while the persecution you endure may be psychological rather than physical, the blessing you receive from your fortitude is self-respect, strength of character, and the future admiration of those who lacked the courage to make themselves Heard? Can you speak to that when you wrote that in your book?
1: Well, yes. I mean, um, you you, again—we're talking about kind of a long-term benefit when you -hmm. deal with uh, the concept of of, uh, conflict resolution and approaching it from a nonviolent point of view and Mm -hmm. from uh, uh, exercising compassion and finding the deep love within you, which enables you to have the patience. To uh, uh, let go of your of, of your anger and, and witness that transformation process, so that it becomes a positive energy. Uh, we're not dealing about instant. We're not talking about instant gratification here. We're talking about a long term, slow, long term process which builds character over time. And if you look at the uh, nonviolent, uh, successful nonviolent movements in the United States, again, uh, because of our First Amendment and p- prior to that. It, down back colonial times we really have a proud history of nonviolent activism and uh, uh, if you, if that every, those those uh, um, transformations in our society brought about either by uh, uh, the women's rights movement the the labor movement uh, civil rights movement the United farm workers movement I mean all those that go back um, they take time it's it's not it requires patience. It's not something that comes in, a, in, a, in an instant or yeah. quickly. And, and what lures people into violence often is the impatience mm-hmm. and, and, and the fear of the anger within themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and so, so the, the statement I made there um, is, is really something which you uh, experience, uh, but it's, it's, again, a long-term um, gratification, not a short-term
2: gratification. Okay. Absolutely well, and it also speaks to the inner work, and I want to talk about that in a moment. But first, I was really fascinated to learn about somewhat the, the dance that sometimes politicians have with these activists, and you had a short section about Lyndon Johnson in 1964 and his alignment really with Martin Luther King. He was looking at Goldwater, who was taking a hard stand, and that was his political opponent, but also Malcolm X was out there at the time too, really preaching violence.
1: Martin Luther King worked himself into a position, or to, uh, placed himself in a position where it, it was to uh, Lyndon Johnson's advantage to support him. Yeah, And, and that's the key behind uh, successful activism. You, you don't look at this as a zero-sum game where one side wins and the other side loses. You create a circumstance where you uh, can point out how both sides can benefit. Mm-hmm. And, and that that is the honorable way that appeals to the collective conscience uh, of of the people, the mm-hmm. moral conscious of the people. And that's what Martin Luther King did, and that's what uh, Lyndon uh, Johnson tuned into. Now, I think he tuned into it. I think Lyndon Johnson tuned into it in a genuine way. I mean, I think he had a genuine uh, um, feeling within him that, that civil rights was, uh, you know, Virtuous and important, and, and, and um, that we would need needed to pursue that. Um, but he, but but King kind of helped him by, 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 I think, creating a situation where um, the alternative wasn't really very uh, very attractive. Yeah,
2: yeah. I was intrigued by the quote. I never heard this before from Winston Churchill, who was expressing it. All the way back in 1921, concerning Gandhi, said it amazes right. me that Gandhi should be allowed to go undermining our position month after month and year
1: after year. <laughs> and this is really the, this is really the creative, uh, spiritual aspect of, uh, of, uh, of nonviolence. And uh, and again, Gandhi, is very, Gandhi was very clear in saying that nonviolence is not passive. And we can see that if we look at the. Uh, his strategies in India and also uh, the strategies used by Martin Luther King and his followers in the civil rights movement and in labor movement and so forth. we can see you know uh, this uh, nonviolence is not something which is passive nonviolence mm-hmm. is something which is active but it's active in a way that uh, uh, approaches the problem in a constructive way, not a destructive violent way and uh, 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 gandhi was a uh, uh, was a real genius at that uh, 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 and, and and this is these these ideas come out of the epiphany i 'm talking about you know when you when you reflect on your anger and allow that energy to transform itself into a more positive direction it seems like the the worse the anger the more uh, the, the more gripping the anger on yourself, the more powerful and insightful will be the epiphany yeah a- and the result that occurs now the, a, a great illustration of that is uh, gandhi 's Decision to march to the sea mm-hmm. and, and make salt—very simple salt yes. kind of thing. Which uh, you would think, how how could that have any impact? And yet, uh, yet a tremendous impact. Uh, and, and that all came out of uh, that process of allowing the the anger to be transformed into a, a positive insight. This is really kind of you know, it's, if if you look at hemispheric brain theory, it's kind mm-hmm. of right brain versus left brain. You know, uh, those insights come out of our Faculties that are associated with the right vein, faculties, uh, faculty of intuition, insight, realizations, um, as opposed to logical, kind of rational, political, legalistic yes. uh, approaches. And politicians, you talk about politicians. Politicians are caught up often in kind of legalistic, uh, rational tri- uh, 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 arguments, and uh, they, there's all sorts of pressures on politicians to uh, to act before the, before the time is right uh i mean we 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 saw that not long ago when uh Netanyahu came over to visit Obama and he was trying to pressure him that now was the time the bomb Iran and so forth and the, so the the temptation was there to do that we and there was also political pressures on Obama from this side uh to do the same thing and he had the wisdom to realize that the uh the uh, uh impact of that would be be um uh, variety of ways mm-hmm. not only not only politically but economically and so forth and you saw the same thing too when north korea had an attack on an island in south korea and there was all sorts of call to go to to get revenge against the north koreans and obama wisely tempered that and uh, um... but there's all sorts of pressures on politicians to uh, to to act and to take a kind of rational legalistic and, and act too quickly, uh, whereas the, 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 uh, uh, the epiphanies that bring about the, the nonviolent, positive, constructive uh, transformations really come from the other side of the brain, really come from the intuition, the uh, faculties associated with insight and realization.
2: On today's program, we're talking about the spiritual power of nonviolence with author George W. Wolfe. I love that title because it reminds, I think, all of us what is sorely needed in activism today. When we're talking about King and Gandhi, Mandela, so many others that we could also put into that camp, we're talking about this amazing inner strength. I've always called it the need for the dance of inner work of heart with outer service in the world. It reminds me of something in your book. You talk about the various definitions of peace, one of them being inner peace. And I think that's crucial that those of us who do want to be a voice in this world, that we are about also cultivating that inner peace as well. Uh,
1: yes. The, uh, uh, you know, you could say it starts, uh, with the individual and within the individual. Uh, and, uh, uh, the conflict uh, that, that I was talking about, this transformation of anger into a positive energy, that's really an inner conflict that we have to have to deal with and uh, and, and be patient with. But you know, the spiritual practices uh, such as uh, uh, what uh, Thomas Merton called uh, interior prayer yes. and what we call meditation, um, contemplative types of uh, uh, inner states of reflection, are are, are really crucial to uh, allowing that transformative process to take place. And when we do that, you know, one of the great uh, theologians that uh, uh, spoke about uh, nonviolence in the context of Christianity was Walter Wink. And, and Walter Wink uh, had this concept of the enemy's gift. He called it the enemy's gift. If we have the patience and the awareness to step back and look at a, a conflict in a, in a broader conflict uh, context, we're going to see that the conflict is really providing us with opportunities. We get blinded to those opportunities when up in anger and, and uh, aggression against uh, and revenge against what uh, what has been done to us. But if we can step back and and, uh, and perceive the conflict free from that, uh, then we will find that there'll be opportunities there that will uh, be presented, and that those opportunities will uh, uh, be a very positive positive contribution. This this happened to me when uh, I was uh, attacked uh, by uh David Horowitz is a conservative group yes uh, for teaching nonviolence at the beginning when I was teaching a course in nonviolence at the beginning of the uh, iraq war and and so i they were claiming that I was supporting terrorism and so forth uh and I talk about that, and that's why I'm one of the hundred one most dangerous academics in America <laughs> <according> <laughs> them, for teaching courses I would be very but, proud of
2: that, my friend. <laughs>
1: Uh, but so, so the the one of the enemy's gifts, so to speak, was uh, all the opportunities I had to begin speaking and about uh, peace education and uh, I managed to write down the lectures and so forth, and ultimately, that's what became the book. I put them all together in... In, in, a, in a way, and elaborated on them more, more deeply, of course. Is, mm-hmm. all the, way. the book is a part of the enemy's gift.
0: Thank you for listening to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in our modern world. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and is supported by our community. We thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza and George Wolfe. Thank you for listening and have a pleasant week.